So before you sit down, turn to somebody and say, you need some transformation. Not so harshly, though. That's, don't be mean about it. Just. All right, so I'm going to tell you what's going to happen over the next little while, okay? First of all, we're going to do a little house cleaning. First, we're going to do a little house cleaning, and then I, I, I think what's going to happen next, in fact, I'm quite sure of it, is I think God's going to fix our attitude. <laughs> just, just so I know that I'm in the right room, if you're here and you say, Dwayne, sometimes my attitude needs fixing, raise your hand. Okay, wow. Wow, that was, uh, that was I'm seeing two hands. <laughs> and, and then I'm going to tell you what I feel like the Lord would have us do. If you're in the room and you would say, Dwayne, this has been a tough little while, and I got some stuff, and, and I, I need prayer, just let me see your hand. You, you know, before this is a house of music, and before this is a house of preaching, this is a house of prayer. And so we're going to have some time at the end of our time together today where we're just going to talk to Jesus about your stuff, about my stuff, about what's going on, because I believe we are indeed supposed to cast our cares on Christ because he cares for us. So that's what's going to happen over the next little while. Here's the house cleaning. Are you ready? Uh, okay, so sometimes we have to be flexible when the Holy Spirit kind of gets in the mix of, uh, of our planning, because I'm a planner. Any planners here, you like to like lay it out and sometimes my plan and god's plan you know god's like you think you're in control so i'm going to show you and and so we're doing a little bit of a if you're following along during this transform series in your journal um this is going to throw you for a little bit of a uh, of a little bit of a curveball and so because uh, this message isn't really part of the transform series well it is now because i because <laughs> It is. Um, and so you can do this next week and do a couple things. You can continue doing your devotions as you're doing them, or you can use this week to catch up on those that, you know, you've missed. Anybody miss one or two? Okay, or 12. <laughs> this will be a great time to do that. And so I'm not the journal police, so do that however you want to do it. We're going to get more back in track with what's in your journal next week, so just, just take that for what it is. All right, here we go. Um, I want to share with you that I genuinely believe that um, God wants to hear uh, and wants to speak to us today. Um, and, and maybe maybe this is, is just for Dwayne, but I have a feeling it's for, it's for many of us. So we've been talking about this idea of being transformed, and we've read every week, Romans 12 and 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Today we're going to talk about a grateful transformation. And, and to do that, I want to jump in and read Romans 12, 2 from the New Living Translation. We read it a couple times from the New Living Translation, but it's really important for us to, to land here for the next few minutes. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And Here's the changing the way you think. And here's the problem. We, we hear those phrases and we think of somebody else who needs to change the way they think. We, we think, wow, my wife needs to change the way she thinks. 
She needs to just do what I say. I'm about to get in trouble, so I'm going to just back right out of that. Um, oftentimes, we, we, we don't think that we're the one that needs to change the way we think. And I'm going to tell you that if, if you've already put that hat on that says so-and-so needs to change the way they think, I want you to take that off, and I want you to, to let God speak to you today, okay? Because here's what's happened. There's a cultural shift in our world. And, and in my opinion, uh, it, over the last several years, especially over the last two, I'm going to call it a culture of animosity. How many know people are just angry? Is that true or is it just me? It's like, do you remember when you can go and have lunch with somebody that you disagreed with politically, have lunch, chuckle, shake hands, and leave? Those days are gone, right? It's like we're in this mode of anger all the time. So I, I, um, I, I did a couple of, I, I, I searched for some articles, because that's what I do. I like to research things. So I'm like, why is everybody mad all the time? And come up with a couple of theories. One article said that it's because that social media and the inflammatory nature of sharing anonymous posts has just raised the level of animosity. And I'm, I, I bet there's some validity to that. Would you agree? Um, one study says that people do that because angry posts get more likes than others. And I'm like, why? Do we like getting yelled at? Do we like? Apparently we do. And one article said that it was due to unresolved anxiety caused by, you know, COVID and isolation and racial tension and all that. Now, maybe there's some validity to that. There's a lot of theories out there about why everybody's so angry. There's financial stress, people working from home. They, one, one article called it pandemic rage. <laughs> and you've seen it. Mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, mandate, blah, blah, blah. You've seen it, right? Maybe, maybe all that is contributing, but I think it goes a little deeper than that. I, I think we're angry. I think we're angry for the same reason a two-year-old pitches a temper tantrum. Sometimes we don't get our way. Right? The curse of generational prosperity is that it creates a people who are so accustomed to having things go our way that we become narcissists. By the way, let me, let me give you a nice little definition for narcissist. It's excessive preoccupation with one's own needs at the expense of others. I'm not a Bible scholar. I have spent a little time in it. There is zero place in New Testament Christianity for me putting my needs above yours. It's simply not there. Let me prove it to you. Think about all the conversations you've been a part of about the holiday coming up this week. You know what it's been? It's not been, I can't wait to celebrate the goodness of God. It's been, I'm afraid they're out of the cranberry sauce that, I'm, that I like. <laughs> right? I, I'm, I, I'm, 
I'm afraid that the supply chain is going to ruin my supper. So are we sharing the things in our lives that we're genuinely grateful for or are we complaining about the price of groceries? And I have. We, we went to the grocery store and we, so we're buying our own groceries and we're buying stuff for Thanksgiving and I stood there and I went, what? Well, yeah, I get it. But is We need to be transformed by the way we think. Because I'm going to tell you that in many ways, listen, I, we live in the greatest country in the world. I believe that. We are part, we live in the greatest state on the planet. Come on, go dogs, somebody. <laughs> but we're spoiled. Sometimes we're a two-year-old pitching a temper tantrum. And I'm going to tell you it displeases and hurts the heart of God. In our culture, animosity and anger are the default. But how many of you know that we're not called to be part of the culture? We are called to be salt and light in the culture. So write this down. Gratitude should be the believer's default. Gratitude should be the believer's default. And I, I hear you already. You don't know what kind of year I've had. No, I don't. You don't know what kind of year I've had. And I'm going to tell you with all the due respect, it doesn't matter what kind of year you've had. As a follower of Christ, you don't get to determine what kind of attitude you have. See, it, I'm not the oldest person in this room, but I'm not the youngest. And here's what I know. Regardless of your circumstance, and it, with everything that happens to you, you've got a choice. You can either find something in it to complain about, or you can find something in it to be grateful for. And you have that choice. Hmm. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says it this way, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. In all. You mean when, when the butter balls are 219 a pound, I'm supposed to be thankful? Yes. When I could only find the whole cranberries and not the jelly kind the way God intended it? Yes. Yes. You see, Paul writes this letter. This, We've got to remember that he's writing this letter not to a country club. He's writing this letter to a persecuted church. It's the first church in Europe that accepted the gospel and they were getting blasted for it. And he said, oh, by the way, in the midst of all that, in the midst of all your trouble, in the midst of all your persecution, and oh, by the way, persecution then looks a lot different than it looks today. In the midst of all that, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to, I don't want you to fight and fuss. I want you to be thankful in all circumstances. So I wonder, I think there's, I think we've got to change our mindset. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question in a way that, that sounds a little redundant, but I, anybody like as part of your family tradition on Thanksgiving, you make the thankful list? Anybody do that? <laughs> we don't either, so don't feel bad. Um, but if you tried right now, how many of you could come up with something that you're thankful for? 
Of course you could, right? So I'm not asking you if you're a person who's thankful. I'm asking you this morning, are you a thankful person? Is gratitude your default? Because I believe that's what Christ is calling us to. See, the cultural default is animosity and anger. Look at what 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says. Listen to me. We're, the, the, the pastor we talked, Donna talked to you about us listening today, gave us a great reminder. He said, most people forget that the Bible's written to Christians. All right? And, and this is what the Bible says about us living in a, a pagan, godless culture. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, come out from them and be separate. In other words, you got to be different. You and I have to be different. God's called us to be different. Does that mean that we put on our angry face and tell everybody they're going to hell? I mean, there's, there's plenty of that, right? That's, I, don't, I don't think that's what, that, that's what God would have us to do on this Thanksgiving season. I believe He would cause us to... Take a look inside. Change the way we think about the culture around us and learn to be genuinely grateful for what God's given you, what God's blessed you with, who God is. Well, Dwayne, you just don't understand how bad things are at work and how bad things are at home and how bad things are in my neighborhood and how bad things are in my family. Can I tell you, listen, child of God, Here's why you're thankful. Because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If nothing else good happens, the rest of your life, if you never get your cranberry sauce, if you never get that new truck, if you never get all your stuff together, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So regardless of what else happens the rest of your life, you ought to find reason to give God thanks and praise and worship Him. Because this world is not your home. And we forget that. And we get so caught up in the culture and the fury that's around us. And I get it. I know we should be politically active. I get that. And I I am too. And and I know when stuff goes on, we should have a voice. And I want you to. And and I do too. But let's keep things in perspective, y'all. We are called to this planet. We are called to this culture to be salt and light, to do things differently, to swim upstream. When, all the, when the culture's going this direction, we're supposed to, with the love and grace and help of God, to go the other direction and, and let people know, not, because, not that we've got it all figured out, not that we're always right, but because there's a Jesus that lives inside of us that is making all things new. We ought to be able to live a life that glorifies Him and not just complains about our culture. See, the truth of the matter is, write this down, that gratitude must resolve two questions. I, I, y'all are going to laugh at this. Y'all would laugh at some of the stuff I Google. But I Googled, why do atheists celebrate Thanksgiving? (laughs) 
No, I don't, I don't mean that harshly. But, but, but here's, here, I, I read these, these articles and it was like, well, we're thankful for health and thankful for life and thankful for breath and thankful for my family. And I wanted to go, who are you thanking? <laughs> See, gratitude really re resolves two questions. What am I thankful for and who am I thankful to? And, and as long as you and I are on this planet, we, we got to remember See, we say things like, God's got a purpose and plan for my life until it goes to a direction we don't like. Until he asks us and challenges us to go down a path that might be a little bit uncomfortable. Until he asks us to travel the road less traveled. God's got a plan for my life as long as the bills are paid and I got the car I want, I got the house I want. But sometimes, sometimes, y'all, God may ask you to walk down a less traveled road. Does he have a plan for you there? Absolutely. Can you find gratitude when things are difficult? Absolutely. See, our, uh, we must decide what are we thankful for. And, and, and we can be shallow and superficial if we want to. I'm, listen, I'm thankful that the Braves won the World Series. <laughs> Who are you thankful to? Freddie Freeman. <laughs> right? That's not really what we're talking about, is it? I'm thankful. It's your breath in our lungs. I'm thankful I have breath in my lungs today. Who am I thankful for? To the one that put it there. Uh, I'm thankful that I'm bought with a price and that my eternity is secure. Who am I thankful for? I'm thankful to a Savior who hung on a bloody cross. That's what I'm thankful for. And that's what I'm thank who I'm thankful to. See, I, I think we, we're so caught up in, in complaining about the temporal. And, and listen, there's plenty to complain about when, when our perspective is temporal. But what if you and I did what the Bible said and turn our eyes toward heaven? And we become heavenly minded and we come, we realize that our world, our life is more than just the 60, 70, 80, 90 years that we spend on this planet. What if we invest our lives, our, our time, our, our humanity in, into things that last, that will outlive us? Psalm 136, verse 1, answers this question. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because, because my mortgage is paid? Because I, I got a new car? Because I got a new job? Is that why? Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. That's enough. And you're nodding your head. But our culture proves that it's not enough. When you don't understand how I've suffered, you don't understand how bad things have gotten. No, I don't. But I don't want you to write this down. Gratitude doesn't overlook suffering. Gratitude, this attitude that I think God wants us to have as followers of Christ, as believers, isn't about some lofty ideal that denies that you're in the middle of a difficult circumstance. Let me, let me see if I can make this practical for you. Can I be a person who is grateful, but at the same time not be thrilled at the price of gas? 
It, let's, let's just be honest. Anybody complain about that over the last little while? Yes, two hands, me too. I called, I called Donna from the Kroger gas pump. And I said, I just put $72 of gas in my truck. And I was ill. I was not happy. Can you believe I just put $72 worth of gas in my truck? I, I need to quit saying that because I'm, I'm starting to get a little ill all over again. <laughs> but what if? What if Dwayne changed the way he thought? What if it went something like this? Thank you, Lord, that I got $72 to put in my gas tank. You see how that just changes everything? All of a sudden, I'm pulling away from that, that gas pump, not furious and angry and calling everybody that'll answer the phone. Can you believe I just put $72 in my gas tank? I, walk, I, I pull out of there thankful for the God of provision. Hey, there's been times in our marriage when I'm like, baby, we've got to decide which car we're going to drive because we can't put gas in both of them. Some of y'all been there too, hadn't you? What if I turned those memories into gratitude because I had $72 to put in my gas tank? It's, it's just a matter of, I don't know, y'all. I, I, I think, we, I think we, we worry and we complain and we fuss about the wrong things sometimes. One of the beautiful parts of my job, I, I, I get to see people on their best days at weddings and baby dedications. We did two of them last month. I love doing baby dedications. They're just fun. Baptism. I, I get to see people on their best day. But can I tell you, I get to see people on their worst day. And, and one of the things that, that, that goes with this job is I, I've had to be with people through intense suffering. Intense suffering. I, I got to sit in a room with Parents in Statesboro whose teenage son fought cancer like a warrior and died. Got to, I, got, I had to kneel down to a, an eight-year-old boy in the South Bronx as tears are flowing down his eyes and explain to him why I couldn't take him home and be the dad he's always wanted. One Sunday morning early, I got a phone call and I had to explain to a mother why her son was in the back of an unmarked GBI cruiser in handcuffs. Why is the GBI taking my son away? She didn't know and I did and I had to explain it to her. <laughs> I can still hear, some of y'all know her, I can still hear Melissa Ford's voice in my ear when Wesley was in the emergency room, not knowing if he was going to live or die. I, I, can still, I can still hear that. I can still hear Tim Johnson when he called after falling and not knowing what his future looked like. I can still hear that in my head. It doesn't take me much to remember what it felt like standing at my dad's casket. And I told you all those stories just to let you know that 
Suffering's real. Sometimes things are not ideal. But I also told you those stories to tell you that we can find gratitude in the midst of those moments. I remember at Wesley's funeral, I stood up as the preacher and cried like a baby. And Melissa stood there with confidence, talked about the goodness of God. There's an article back in, that, in the workroom that Kelly wrote about Tim's journey and how, how God slowed him down a little bit and they were able to find solace in that moment, those moments and weeks and months after Tim's accident. I remember standing in my dad's casket and thinking, I have zero regrets. I said everything I needed to say to him. He said everything he needed to say to me. So I'm telling you that grief but you can find gratitude in the midst of the worst grief there is if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Some of you are familiar with the story in the Old Testament about Job. And, and we like to flip to the back of the book, uh, of the back of the story of Job, when everything is restored. See, if you don't know the story, Job lost everything. And by everything, I mean everything all he, all that was left was his wife and i'm not sure he was real crazy about her <laughs> read this read it i didn't write it read the story on your own so in the middle of losing everything here's what he said in job chapter one job stood up and tore his robe in grief he's hurting and he shaved his head. You know why they shaved their head in the Old Testament? It was a sign of mourning. He's grieving. He's mourning. And then he fell to the ground and worshipped. I'm going to tell you that in the midst of suffering, we can find gratitude. We can find a reason to worship God in the, on the worst day of our lives. That grief and gratitude can coexist. See, gratitude in the midst of grief is not, not us trying to make believe that the grief doesn't exist. Gratitude in difficult times is a testimony of my confidence that the God I serve is bigger than my circumstances. Amen. And oh, by the way, if you've been hanging around the church, you've been reading your Bible very long, the fact that there are difficult times shouldn't shock you. Why? Because Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. And we're so surprised when we have trouble in this world. In fact, 2 Timothy says it this way. Listen, this... All right, I'm, I'm, you need to know this is a 2,000-year-old book, but now, now pay attention. To this is Paul said to Timothy, listen, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. See if this sounds familiar. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents. Come on, mama. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, 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 look at what it says. Scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. 
They'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They'll slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Here we are. So what's our response? We're in trouble. Things are bad. Is that our response? See, again, I'm not a Bible scholar, but everything I know about this book, you know what it tells me to do? That when I see those times to look up because my redemption's on its way. And I don't think we talk about that enough. I don't think we talk about the fact that, that this world is not our home. What we ought to be talking about is people say, why didn't God fix it? He is fixing it. He's actively at work putting it all back together. And then lastly, gratitude is a contagious choice. It's contagious. Don't you like being around somebody that's just got a good attitude? And they just, they just lift the room, don't they? When somebody's got, got the right attitude, you know, it, it just... It just makes everybody around them feel better. I, I read this passage of scripture that I, had qu- I've been, I have quoted and quoted it wrong. I, I, I did. I, I've, I've always said, don't put it up there yet. Oh, don't put it up there yet. I've always said, this is the day the Lord's made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know what that tells me? That my gladness can get on you and your gladness can get on me and we can rejoice in the goodness of God together. It's contagious. And it's a choice. Well, I'll be grateful when my rage comes in. Look, look at me. No, you won't. I'll be grateful when I get that promotion. Look, look at me, Ray. No, you won't. I'll be grateful when my wife straightens up. <laughs> Listen. Never mind. Look, I'm just going to say, Listen. no, you won't. I'll be grateful when my husband gets his act together. Is that better? No, you won't. I'll be grateful when I get the car. I'll be grateful when all things are right in my world. No, you won't. There's an old Estonian proverb, and it says it this way, and I just happen to agree with it. Who does not thank for little will not thank for much. No, you won't. Gratitude is a choice. A daily, contagious choice. Gratitude. You you can default to animosity and anger if you want to. But here's what's going to happen. What, What you default to is what you'll live in. Or you can let your default be gratitude in the God who created you and purposed you and planned you. 
even in the midst of difficult times, you can find gratitude in the worst day. So I'm, as we leave, I'm going to give you four steps, all right? You ready? Four steps. Four steps for transformational gratitude. Because I do believe, listen to me, I, I do believe if, if we'll adopt this attitude by the help and grace and power of the Holy Spirit in our life, because, oh, by the way, this doesn't come natural to you. It's only going to happen when, when the King of Kings lives in your heart and the Spirit of God begins to transform the way you think. But, but listen to me. You've you got to want it. How many know the Holy Spirit's a gentleman? And he's not going to put nothing on you you don't want. But what if, what if, what if you recognize this morning you know what, Dwayne? I, I got a sorry attitude. I complain too much. My default is animosity and anger. Why would God not honor this prayer? Lord, I need you to change the way I think. Why would God not honor that prayer? Four steps. Here we go. Number one is to practice countercultural gratitude. In other words, just because everybody in your office, just because everybody in your neighborhood, just because everybody in your home has got a sorry attitude, what if you turned that tide in your, just in your circle and said, you know what? I'm not going to live like that. I, I'm going to choose to be grateful regardless of what's happening in our culture. Here's how you do that. Real practical. Keep a thank you right close to your lips. I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to laugh at me and mock me and make fun of me and I don't even care. I use Siri a lot. I just do because I'm riding down the road and I'm sending text messages and I'm trying not to crash into one of y'all. <laughs> You're welcome. I thank Siri. I do. Hey Siri, yes, thank you. You're welcome. When she says, would you like to send it? I'll say, yes, please. Now, why would I do that? That's dumb, isn't it? You know, because it, it, it keeps a thank you and a please right here. It keeps a thank you and a please real close to my lips. Keep a thank you close to your lips. Thanks, Siri, every chance you get. <laughs> Number two, identify the what and the who. What are you thankful for? Who are you thankful to? And it's, by the way, it's okay to be thankful to a human being, by the way. Don't just be thankful that your wife did something nice for you. Tell her. Right? I think I'm getting, now I'm getting nods from the ladies. Don't, don't just be, hey, watch this. Don't just be thankful to your boss for a paycheck. Tell him. And oh, by the way, it's, please don't make Thanksgiving a one-time event. It, for the believer, it ought to be a daily activity that we're identifying that God has been so good to me and I owe him a debt of thanks. Number three, don't let grief steal your gratitude. I want you to hear my heart. I would, I would never want to minimize your grief in a certain circumstance. Those of you that have lost loved ones, that have, that, that have known what the pain of divorce feels like, 
that, that know what it feels like to lose a child. I, I get that, and I would never, and you guys know my heart, I would never want to minimize your grief. All I'm telling you is that you can find a reason, you can find a way to express gratitude even in the, in the most difficult of times. <laughs> I remember when we said goodbye to Robbie Johnson, and I got a, I, I got a view that none of the rest of y'all got, those of you that were there, to look across the crowd and see all the hands raised that, that Robbie had touched their life. They see, that's a reason to, give, to be grateful, even on our worst days. So I give you a couple little ways to, to try to memorize this. Don't let grief steal your gratitude. Don't let circumstances steal your contentment. And don't let the thief steal your thanks. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He'd love to take gratitude out of your heart and out of your mind. And then, Donna, you can, you can come on up. You're going to live today infectiously grateful. Be contagious. Be that guy in your house. Be that girl in your office that's got the, the right attitude all the time. Why? Because you got the raise, because you got the position, because you got the promotion. Because your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because you've been redeemed. Bow your heads with me. Here's what I, I pray has happened today. And, and oh, by the way, this is not Dwayne preaching to you. This is Dwayne just sharing with you what, what God's put on my heart about my own life. What, what if we leave today with this thought in our mind? I'm going to choose gratitude in spite of my circumstances. I'm going to choose gratitude even when the road looks dark. I'm going to choose gratitude even when there's stuff in our culture that I don't like, that I don't agree with. There's stuff going on politically that I don't like, that I don't agree with. I don't like this. I don't, I'm not telling you that you have to like everything. I'm just telling you that as a child of God, you've got to find a way to be grateful in all circumstances because that's what, that's what we're commanded to do. And that's only going to happen when we walk and surrender our lives to the lordship of jesus i want you to bow your heads all across the room so i want i want to pray in a couple different couple different ways today i, I just maybe you're here Let, let's let's start here Maybe you're here and you say, Dwayne, um, my, my attitude has drifted toward anger and animosity. And, I, and too often I'm complaining instead of finding a way to worship God and to be thankful for his goodness and grace and mercy. I'm not, I'm not telling you you've got to like what's going on. I'm, but, but you felt yourself drift. And, and you're finding that anger has become your default you want that to change if that's you I just want you to put your hand in the air so I know who I'm praying for amen 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 I know it wasn't just me so I, see the, the beauty of this life that we're living this those of you that are here that are 
are, are actively trying to follow Christ. The beauty of that is not what happens in this building. It happens when we leave this building. The beauty of that is that you and I get an opportunity to be the hands and feet and voice and eyes and ears of Christ in a world that so desperately needs to experience His love. We're not going to do that if we're angry all the time. I'm just going to tell you. We're not going to do that if our default is animosity. So I'm going to pray for you. Who else I want to pray for? Dwayne, the circumstances of life have recently been overwhelming. And it's been hard to find a reason to be grateful because of what I'm walking through. I'm in a very challenging season in my own life right now, is what you might say. I'm, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up so I know who I'm praying for. Amen. Amen. Here's, here's what we're going to do. Donna's going to lead us in this chorus, and as she does, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to pray, and then I'm going to pray for you. And here's what you can do. Man, if, if you're really struggling this morning and you, and you need God to do something and you want to pray around these altars, these altars are open and I would invite you to come and kneel. If you want to pray right where you're sitting, that's fine. But I would just invite you, though, those of you that might want to come and pray around these altars to do that while Donna sings and then we'll pray together. We'll end our service calling on God to do a great work in Jesus' name.
anything of you. We're thankful and grateful for the love that you showed us by sending your only begotten Son so that whoever might believe in him would have life, an everlasting life, an abundant life. So we thank you, O oh God, for your Son, Jesus. So God, my prayer today is that all of us God, we will re reflect the love that has been shown to us to a world that is desperate for it. That the, the love you've shown to us, God, we would, in our attitudes, reflect Jesus and his love. That we would swim against the stream of our culture that would default to animosity and anger. And we'd have worship and gratitude on our lips thankfulness in our hearts even in the midst of difficult moments change our minds change the way we think remind us that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life and for that we give you praise and honor and glory forever ever and ever able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or even imagine. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. In Jesus' name, I believe God deserves an ovation of praise from your hearts of gratitude this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great afternoon. Remember, this Wednesday night, there'll be nothing happening here on campus this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Also, if you've got children that are practicing over there, I'm going to ask you to hang out here while they're practicing over there. All right? God bless. Have a great, great, great afternoon. <laughs>